Good evening, everyone. My name is Ada Rugg, and I will be um, speaking to you this evening uh, on the theme of gifts. Gifts are important. Um, and I don't know if you are familiar with Gary Chapman's book, The Five, Lo uh, um, Five Languages of Love. Uh, well, in his book, he identifies gifts as one of those five languages. Because for some people, it is the main way they receive and give love. For me, other things are more important than gifts. But I have learned, and I've learned this mainly from my children, that gifts, especially gifts that are born as an expression of love, can be very powerful indeed. And as we are talking about gifts, I wonder if you can think of the best gift you have ever received and the best gift that you have ever given. For some of you, it might be really easy, but as I was thinking about it, I found it actually quite tricky to decide. One of the best gifts that I was, I was given was a beautiful bag. I'm sorry, it's a bit cliche, but I do love bags. And, and what made this one special, it was that it was a bag that I would not have bought it myself. It was rather extravagant, and it was an expression of love. And it really did make me feel very treasured. You see, generally, when we talk about gifts, we think of birthdays and Christmas. And I would like you to picture the following scenario. It's Christmas morning, and you open your, a Christmas gift from a close relative. And inside, it's a very thoughtful, beautiful gift that you know costs more than the gift that you have given them. The brief moment of joy in receiving a lovely gift is quickly overshadowed by feeling bad. At least that would be my case. Because sometimes I think we adopt this view and we see gifts as a, as a mutual transaction. I give this, and then you give me something in return. It's fairly similar. And I think the way we see gifts has an impact on how we understand and how we relate to the gifts that God has to offer to us. I asked you to think of the best gift you have received and the best gift that you have given someone. And what sets these gifts apart is the fact that it creates something that goes beyond the act of giving and receiving. It's not just, as I described earlier, a, a, a financial transaction, but it's a connection. You know, the thought, the love, the cost, all poured into choosing something truly special establish a connection between the giver and the receiver. And ultimately, people feel treasured 
and loved. The, the best gift, well, apart from my children, that I gave my husband was an Apple gadget. You see, I do not do technology. I don't understand technology. It's a foreign language. Um, and I did put a lot of time into understanding the staff and saving money for several months. Uh, and, and he had absolutely no idea that I was going to get that for him. And it was just truly special. By the way, we are not materially motivated. Uh, you know, I just chose these examples because they were extravagant gifts, just in case you were wondering. Anyway, coming back to gifts, I do believe that giving builds community and communion, and it reflects something very special. It reflects God's image in us. It enables us to be part of something bigger, something that goes beyond ourselves. In the very short passage that TJ read for us, Luke draws a parallel between the way we give and the way God gives. We are told that there is a sense of logic or a natural law written within us. When someone comes and asks for something, it seems right to give it to them. And although our motives and attitudes might not always be pure or correct, we do still do the right thing. But God's very nature is to give. Right from the beginning, the story of creation reveals God's generous heart in giving of himself by creating us in God's image and likeness. And we know that the ultimate act of generosity is the giving of his son. As Christians, we recognize that Jesus is the best gift that we, anyone can ever receive. And as we accept Jesus into our lives and we enter into this discipleship relationship and strive to become more like Jesus, we try to recover that God's image and God's likeness. God, in his generosity, gives us what we need to live our daily lives. And the source of these gifts is found in the Holy Spirit. It is impossible to live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And we are told, the Bible tells us, that when we become Christians, the Holy Spirit enters into our lives and lives in us. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us the strength to live our lives in a way that is honoring to God. It is the Holy Spirit that guides us to understand our purpose and to make decisions according to his plan. And it is the Holy Spirit who can give us specific, practical gifts to equip us. We're going to spend a few minutes just looking practically at this reality. God gives us gifts. So, firstly, it is very important that we understand the gifts that God has given us. You 
are not an accident. You and I were created according to God's master plan. And the things that you are good at, all your abilities, aptitudes, skills, talents, your personality, and even your likes and dislikes are all part of this beautiful picture that God has put together. It is that original design that God has for your life. And as we get in touch with who God made us to be, we recognize that we all have incredible potential and amazing gifts. But, you know, this prayerful self-awareness and self-acceptance are not that easy to uh, you know, to come to, you know, we live in a society that is focused on success, on image, and on money. And although it preaches diversity and tolerance, in reality, I think it focuses on uniformity and one size fits all. And if you don't happen to fit within that mold, It can be quite lonely and difficult to stand firm and nurture that person that God made you to be. Know your gifts. Know who God made you to be. And if you're struggling to understand your gifts, both the natural gifts that you were born with as well as the supernatural gifts of the Spirit, speak to someone. There are a lot of resources out there. There are questionnaires um, and things that can help you discover those gifts. And if that's you, please don't leave here tonight without speaking to a member of the team, and they will be able to point you into the right direction. Secondly, receive your gifts. I'm sure you all have had gifts that have made their way to charity shops or that's sitting on shelves gathering dust. In some way, we may choose, in the same way, you may choose to put the gifts that God has given you on a shelf. Um, I grew up in a very conservative evangelical church in Romania that valued highly the thing in our church was singing. What I mean is singing in tune. And there were several choirs, and all the cool kids and the teenagers were in the choir. And now, obviously, I joined one of those choirs, but I had a big problem. I can't sing in tune. And I remember spending, or actually wasting, a lot of time trying to fit in and rejecting the obvious gifts that God had given me. And it was in my teens that I became aware that I had a natural leadership ability and that I was able to somehow bring people together with relative ease. Uh, and, not, and that wasn't that something that everyone could do easily. And it was like a light bulb moment for me when I looked at what I was given rather than what I wanted to have, and accepted that and worked with that. 
And this has brought a, a sense of freedom, and it made me connect with some amazing people and build some strong, uh, long-lasting friendships. Because wholeheartedly receiving the gifts that God has given us will lead to self-acceptance and will help us to create a positive and healthy self-image. You know, in Romans 8, Paul puts together this beautiful metaphor that, that, that says, you know, just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function, so is in, the, in Christ's body. We are one body, and we all belong to one another. We celebrated communion. We, we said that together. And this leads me to my third point. Grow in your gifts. It is interesting to observe that sometimes it is not the people who have the most talent or the ones who are most gifted that have the greatest influence or impact. Hard work and commitment are essential. At the moment, um, I am working uh, in year six as a um, class teaching assistant. And it's quite fascinating to see how some of our very able, very talented children are being overtaken by other children who have sheer determination and a really strong work ethic. We have responsibility for what God has given us. And, and we will be held accountable. In the parable of the talents, Jesus speaks of a master who gave three different levels of gifts. Five talents, two talents, one talent, and then he went away. And all three of them were called to give an account on how they managed what was given to them. And the master accepted no excuses. We don't understand why God chooses to give us the gifts we have. Like in my singing example earlier, you know, it's a silly example. We might think that we should have different gifts. Or that maybe even God has made a mistake, genuinely. But this is the beauty and the frustration in a way with gifts. We do not get to choose. Our responsibility comes in the receiving and using of the gift. But I do think that the process of working and growing in your gift are just as important to you and to God as the end result. Our gifts are given to us not for our own benefit, not so that we can feel important and show off to other people. We have been given gifts so we can build God's kingdom, so you can make a difference in your local context, whether it's at school or at home or at work. And as you know your gifts and accept them and grow into them, God will reveal his purpose for your life and will strengthen that connection that we have to God and others. And this leads me to my final point. God wants to give you more. 
I know that you have been told that it is rude to ask for more. But in God's economy, God invites, God encourages us to ask. Let me read you the final verse from our passage, and I'm going to read it from a different translation. It's a, um, a translation called The Voice. Look, all of you are flawed in so many ways. Yet, in spite of all your faults, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And there are numerous of passages that speak of God wanting us to pursue spiritual gifts. Just because you ask, it doesn't mean that you will receive exactly what you ask for. Because our perspective often um, is different from God's perspective. But we know that we all have been called to be disciples, that we have a purpose in life, and that God promises to look after us and equip us for the purpose that we have to serve. As Christmas is approaching, um, and no doubt there will be Christmas um, gift lists compiled in your homes, can I encourage you to make a new list, your spiritual gifts wish list, and start bringing that list to God and ask for more. I was challenged as I was writing this to think of when I was at the last time that I asked God for a new gift. And I think it's been a while, and I might take my own advice and put together this list. And as I close, may God help us to know our gifts, accept them, grow in them, and go for more. Amen.